We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll begin the show with some genre-related news. Earth's first planetary defense technology demonstration, NASA's Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, successfully impacted its asteroid target on Monday. It was the agency's first attempt to move an asteroid in space. DART's impact with the asteroid Dimorphos demonstrates a viable mitigation technique for potentially protecting the planet from a comet or asteroid. The mission confirmed NASA can successfully navigate a spacecraft to intentionally collide with an asteroid to deflect it, a technique known as kinetic impact. The target asteroid, Dimorphos, is a relatively small body, only 530 feet, 160 meters in diameter. It orbits a larger 2,560-foot, 780-meter asteroid called Didymus. Neither asteroid poses a threat to Earth. Using ground-based telescopes, the investigation team will now observe Dimorphos to confirm that DART's impact altered the asteroid's orbit around Didymos. Scientists anticipate the impact to shorten Dimorphos' orbit by about 1%, or roughly 10 minutes. Precisely measuring the degree to which the asteroid was deflected is one of the primary purposes of the full-scale test. For more information about DART, you may visit the website at nasa.gov backslash DART. San Mateo County, California District Attorney Stephen Wagstaff announced Monday that he is dropping all criminal charges against Batmobile builder Mark Rakup. Raycup is the owner of Fiberglass Freaks, an Indiana-based auto shop with a license from DC Comics to reproduce the, uh, the iconic Batmobile from the classic 1966 ABC TV series. Real estate agent Sam Agnostu accused Raycup of failing to build a Batmobile that was ordered in 2017. Agnostu arranged for his friend, the San Mateo County Sheriff, to travel from California to Indiana and conduct a raid on fiberglass freaks. In a statement to KRON4 San Francisco, Raycup said, when California deputies showed up at his auto garage, quote, I was humiliated, I was shocked, hurt, and mystified. I knew that I hadn't done anything wrong. This whole thing has been overwhelming, unquote. Raycup went on to tell KRON that Agnosto has been making payments and then disappeared, failing to make additional payments for nine months. On Monday, Wagstaff wrote, After consideration of all the facts and circumstances presented to this office, it is my conclusion the evidence does not warrant criminal prosecution. Instead, I have concluded the actions of Mr. Raycup are best dealt with in civil court proceedings. 
Rakup said he agrees with the district attorney's decision and that the issue will be better resolved as a civil matter. It was reported earlier this week that Bassam Tariq has stepped down as director for Marvel Studios' upcoming Blade reboot. The film, which is set to star Mahershala Ali in the title role, was scheduled to begin production next month, and Tariq's departure is a surprise. He will, however, remain attached to the project as an executive producer. In a statement confirming his exiting, Tariq said, It's been an honor working with the wonderful folks at Marvel. We were able to put together a killer cast and crew, eager to see where the next director takes the film. It remains unclear how Tariq's departure will impact the production timeline for Blade, which is scheduled for release on November 3rd, 2023. Interview with the Vampire has been renewed for season two, this ahead of its season one premiere tomorrow night on AMC. Based on the Anne Rice novel, the series stars Jacob Anderson, Sam Reed, Bailey Bass, and Eric Bogosian. Rollin Jones adapted the book for television and serves as showrunner and executive producer. Dan McDermott, president of original programming for AMC Networks and AMC Studios, praised the production and said, quote, this is only the beginning of an entire universe featuring the enthralling stories and characters that capture the spirit of Anne Rice's amazing work. Some anniversaries last week as cult classic, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, opened in theaters 47 years ago on September 26, 1975. Star Trek The Next Generation premiered 35 years ago on September 28, 1987. It was the first spinoff from Gene Roddenberry's original Star Trek TV series, which aired on NBC TV from 1966 and The Prisoner, starring Patrick McGowan, debuted 55 years ago on September 29, 1967. And if you're in the listening area, the sci-fi and literature convention Capclave is this weekend. The show runs through tomorrow at the Rockville Hilton and Executive Meeting Center on Rockville Pike. Guests of honor are Ursula Vernon and Irene Gallo. You can get more information by visiting the website at capclave.org. Today, we're talking about some of these news items, as well as the premiere last week of the latest Star Wars series, Andor, and She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, both of which happen to be streaming on Disney+. Joining me are Shireen Nicole, Roberto Ortiz, and Julian Lytle. Everybody, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Hello. Hi. Well, we are just pleased as punch oh, to yeah. have all of you as guests yet again. And, well, panelists, I'm sorry. Guests is something a little different, but it's exciting for me because I always know. And and the, the discussion topics of this show, for anybody who listens uh, at least semi-regularly, you understand we're all over the map. But when I get this particular crew together, I always know that we're going to be able to get into some really uh, meaty kinds of subjects and um, some stuff. I mean, not that you guys can't do stuff that's just straight up fun and nothing else, but 
you know, I mean, <laughs> you guys know stuff. So where I'd like <laughs> to start is um, this business of Bassam Tariq stepping down as director for Marvel series Upcoming Blade. Because this isn't the first director to exit a Marvel Studios film that's already completed a substantial pre-production timeline. Doctor Strange director Scott yeah. Derrickson quit Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness four months ahead of filming. Uh, Sam Raimi later took over the project. And John Watts, who has helmed the MCU's three Spider-Man entries at Sony, quit as director of Disney's upcoming Fantastic Four reboot. So um, I'm curious because it, it just... I don't want to use the word suspicious, but I'm wondering what it is about... And I'm assuming it's the Marvel method that <laughs> these guys suddenly they develop these um, how is it they term it uh, creative differences <laughs> that lead to these guys bowing out and especially so close. To, I mean, because Blade was supposed to start production next month. You know, I mean, it's like, damn, what what's going on? Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Shireen, what do you think? I don't actually have too many thoughts. I haven't read much about this, and so I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't know, other than what Malcolm Spellman had to say about it when he spoke about the process to making uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I just don't have a lot of insight into what the pressures are of the Marvel system. Mm -hmm. What was it that... Uh the guy who did Mal uh, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier had to say. He just said that there are guidelines that must be followed and yep. lines that must be colored within. And that you have to be, you know, you have to toe those lines, mm. basically. Oh, okay, all right. Um, at the Well, uh, wait a minute. I was going to ask Julian, but... I know, Roberto, you're sitting there with an expression that says you've got something that you really are trying to get off your chest with this. They're infamous for basically approaching directors and saying, okay, you're basically going to be in charge of the, the live action, the performances, but the actions, all the sequences, we literally are going to give you fully on animatics and you're going to follow this to the line hmm. in other words most directors like Kevin Nolan things like that uh, know have a vision on how they want to present the movie they have more mm -hmm. latitude more control and the producer basically is just there to make that vision come to life usually Warner Brothers is famous because they give a lot of latitude to directors on doing their movies the way, any way they want mm -hmm. Marvel has a rep that you have to do things their way. There, there's a lot of stuff that you're not making the decisions uh, from character designs to uh, how the action sequences are going to be done, uh, story beats that have to be fulfilled. And a lot of directors basically find that Restricting. Yeah, that's a nice way of <laughs> to saying To borrow it. a phrase. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, but they're being very, uh, excuse me, they're being very well compensated on they? top of, well, I are mean, they? relatively People, speaking. No, okay, are they? No, no, wait, wait, are come they? on now. Yeah. People make a lot of assumptions yeah. compared to what other people's rates are, what they might get paid for certain other things compared to what Disney chooses to pay people. 
over yeah. a longevity of having multiple contracts and setting up a career for the next thing. Hmm. Hence why they always get directors that are just starting to pop. Yep. Coming yeah. off a festival circuit, doing something small. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah, because they can pay can't, less. It, it's not yeah. like in the beginning when everybody was doing them solids. When Kenneth Brown was doing you was solid. Mm. When, well, that was um, phase one. <laughs> that's what, that's <laughs> that what I'm talking phase about. One, phase yeah. one, Kenneth Brown yeah. doing you mm-hmm. solid. John Favreau's doing you solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Homeboy who did the first the first Avengers, they doing you a solid. Yes. Josh mm-hmm. Whedon doing you a solid. Yeah, they still had control. Mm-hmm. They got that out the paint. Yeah. So well, we they realized they didn't paid. need these guys in no, order no, to make money. Do, don't do don't they though? He has this, a this point. This point of like they yeah. don't need them. No, nah, like I see their movies. I know a lot of people like them. I know their things. <laughs> they all right to death. No, like nah, bro. <laughs> Thor four was trash. I don't like really none bad. of them Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, Doctor Strange two yeah. was good for when Raimi got to be Raimi, and then it got trash. Um, nah, but for yes. a lot of people, it's good. Well, don't 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 mistake what I say when I say no, no. They, what I mean, all I'm not I, saying I mean, you specifically, but the you, as in for the masses, yeah, they do. They're good movies. No, they're not. If they they don't get, you know what they get award nominations for? Sound mixing, engineering, yeah. and visual effects, yeah, the, the, the maybe makeup. Category. I, I mean, yeah. what about Raimi? Sam Raimi? Well, well, wait, 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 wait. I just I just got to get this because. Yes, and I agree with you. I agree with everything you said. When I said, and I said they don't need them for the movies to make money. I mean, if they were interested in making the movies good, yeah, they would need quality directors. But they don't. I mean, what they're interested in is how financially successful the movies are going to be. And what what has been demonstrated is they don't need top-line directors for the movies to be financially successful. Now, again, I agree with you because, I mean, particularly in terms of your critical analysis of many of these films, you know, Thor 4, Guardians of the Galaxy, and... These were, I mean, well, at least the Guardians movies. I mean, I, I think the jury's still out on Thor. I haven't seen the recent numbers. But it made a gang of money. Yeah, okay, well, there you go. I mean, and, and that has been my primary criticism of these movies is that, critically, a lot of fans give them a pass, and, but they make money. So it, it, from the standpoint of purely a business standpoint, I mean, regardless of the relative sustainability, because I think that's the real question here, and even from a business standpoint, I mean, can you keep doing it for the long run, you know, or is all of this going to catch up with Marvel it's gonna at some up point? With Marvel. And having said well, that, we're still waiting. No, but the thing is that. Oh, Even ho- hold that thought just one second. Jeez. Because you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole, Julian Lytle, and Roberto Ortiz, whom I just interrupted who was getting ready to make a fabulous point. Take it away, Roberto. They screw you either at the beginning or at the end. Specifically, uh, Sam Raimi, from what I read in terms of the multiples of madness, the cut he submitted is radically different from the cut we saw. And from what I've been hearing from the rumors in Hollywood, is basically is that they he delivered a movie that was if you know if you have been following the career of Sam Raimi and you know what he can do in terms of horror and things like that, it was closer to that. And Marvel basically doled out a lot of the edges. And and another thing Marvel has an annoying habit is that they're terrified of emotional scenes. For some bizarre reason, they like to inject comedy 
constantly and they are they, they don't feel comfortable embracing some some of the dramatic aspects of certain scenes and um, I don't remember the proper term for it but the thing is that they push a lot of that to make it more I guess commercial and I don't see for example them doing a, a movie like the original Blade now I don't think they have it in them hmm. and that might be a problem because a lot of people who want to see Blade are expecting something in the line of the same universe we saw from Wednesday Snipes and they don't do they though <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a fantastic they movie might, wait 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 the Shuri? first one yeah I don't know the yeah, but, um, that first movie was pretty intense. It's really good. It was great. They don't make movies like that. That's 1998 movies. Yeah, I know. Right. Right. No more. God, right. that movie's so good. Uh, it, it, they don't make those no more. They don't, oh not my God. I can't say that they don't make movies like that anymore. I well, he means Marvel doesn't make movies oh, like Marvel. that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. I'm being honest. They don't make movies like that. Oh, no sorry. No, Let no, me not put words in your mouth. I'm sorry. Marvel didn't make Blade. Yeah. But, you know... What I can say is, as much as they fear a dramatic moment lately, they also fear women. <laughs> Ouch! Um, women, women Ouch. must be women must be monsters. They must be dissatisfied with themselves. Now, when it comes to young women and girls, whether we're talking about America or we're talking about Kamala or we're talking about Kate, they're good. Also, if it's you know the Dora Milaje which they're scared to touch unless black folks are writing them. They're good, right? But when we talk about all of the other women, it's uh, mm, it's breath uh, with the way these women are portrayed, whether you have the, the, the massive Karenism of a Sylvie or you have the ridiculous, raw, fake feminism of a Captain Marvel who is so easily manipulated by men who say smile. Uh, or you have, hmm. you know, you have the fact that they can't decide exactly who Wanda is. Sam Raimi doing more with the character that has been built up to that point than I think anybody else has, even has, even though I am a fan of WandaVision because it is emotional and because it has that yeah. kind of human thread, right? And even though, you know, Kevin Feige boner does and I shan't forgive him. But you look at other women, like, you know, Julian reminded me of this not long ago about how Black Widow thinks she's a monster because someone else took her ability to reproduce. She was sterilized with someone else. She ran around calling herself a monster. How ridiculous. Right? Hmm. And then we get to She-Hulk, which is an absolute fiasco of a show. I will take no opinion. Wow. And you, and you realize with how this studio deals with grown women and the need to make them juvenile or make them self-hating or make them completely completely pinned down under the thumb of men. Wow. Well, That's but, my spiel. Well, okay. uh, well I'm going to ask you to continue a little bit because... <laughs> no, because um, how do you respond to the fact that many of these projects have been as well received as they have you know by both the audience and in many cases critics i mean i know we're only seven episodes into she hulk for example and i want to talk a little bit and, and now might be a good time because yeah, you know I'm we're, we're, we're kind of all over the, the the page here with you know the topics and it's all in some ways the same thing but 
Uh, you know, I mean, I think we've seen enough of it to be able to pass judgment on it. And I think that there, I mean, at least for me, you know, who is not, uh, I mean, I've never read some of the, uh, the the definitive story arcs in the comics of She-Hulk. I mean, uh, oh, the Burn and, and Dan really Slott good. and stuff like that. But, you know, I understand that this is not that. And I don't recognize, I mean, even from what I see, I mean, my exposure to the character has been strictly through her association with the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. But, you know, I from what I see, this isn't, this does not resemble any She-Hulk I've ever seen. But again, given your very precise criticisms um how do you respond to the fact that it has been as well received by critics and the audience as it has well for one thing some people like easy feminism right especially feminism that excludes intersections and when you look at captain marvel and you look at she hulk that's what you get there Right. It's hot plink glitter faux feminism. But that's enough for some people because there's a woman there. Right. Doesn't matter the quality of her autonomy or her agency as long as there's a woman there and it's her show or it's her movie. That's enough for some people. I don't have an argument with them because they get to choose what's enough for them. Right. But if you really dig into what this is and I'll tell you another thing, another part of it is misogyny. And what I mean by that is, and I mean culturally conditioned misogyny, what I mean by that is, if this Jin Hulk character were a man, people would be less accepting of the fact that it is purial and it's, well, juvenile, I'll go with juvenile. It's juvenile that has no story, no character development. You don't know who this character is. And all it is is about the jokes. Right. At least with Thor, Love and Thunder, where it was just a non ending barrage of jokes. We had enough of the characters backstory to understand who these people were and to give it some leeway to just enjoy this kind of funny episode, this kind of campy slapstick episode with with Jen Hulk. Most people have nothing. But the fact that they are so accepting of her being such an empty vessel speaks a lot to me of them being accepted of women being portrayed like that. Hmm. Hmm. That is a very interesting observation. Do you know which show has actually very good female characters? The Expanse? Actually, I was going to say Andor, but... <laughs> <laughs> We're not quite, quite ready to make that joke. There are many shows that have great women The Expanse has characters. amazing female characters, drama. Well, that, 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 that's not even on the agenda. No, 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 but, but, <laughs> that's, a, that's its whole other show. I, mean, it's I know, but that's it. She has mm. a very fantastic point. It's like, it's, the argument could be made that, imagine specifically from a point of view of uh, having black characters in the 70s, that they were written, for example, by white guys who had no concept of what a black character is supposed to be written like. And they would basically go right into this easiest stereotypes they could get their hands on. I imagine that for Shireen seeing the show She-Hulk must be something similar like that, right? Wait, I think a better example is the 2000s. Go on. Because we have examples of well-realized women characters. So when you see a poorly drawn out one, like the one, like the version of Jennifer Walters that Shireen is talking about, the allegory is technically black characters in 2000 television where we had oh, yes, a dearth yes, yes. of black television of many different classes and 
types and everything and then it all went away yes so yes funny how that happened huh? no it's not funny it's, hmm. it's there it is what it is I just like hearing Shereen go off on this show because I know I talked to her <laughs> and she knows that I forgot this show existed after I we watched the original preview episodes and and we reviewed it I don't re- I, I it's almost over it only has nine episodes I know I know and it's it's bizarre specifically that you're hoping that there's going to be basically some sort of anything is there I, I don't know is there a story here because this could have been told in one, a one hour movie and <laughs> it's seriously it's like yeah, it's, it, is there any story here people it's a sitcom no. though it's a sitcom though no but sitcoms and see that's my thing when people say it's a CBS sitcom it's cute. <laughs> I, I can't Ouch. that but, but listen Ouch. I, I'll, I'll tell you what whenever people say it's fun and it's cute I always say what else is it because mm. every sitcom or short form fun and cute thing that I like there's more after fun and cute Yeah. There, there's depth, there's meaning, there's character development. We even know what this character likes. I know Steven Universe's favorite ice cream, and he remains fun and cute. But I know who he is. I know what his goals are. I, I understand it, despite it being fun and cute. Some people would say One Piece is fun and cute until you start getting into the fact that, as Julian often points out, that is a show about politics and revolution. That is a show about bad government, right? And 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 military rule. And it's also fun and cute. And I still know all of Luffy's little funny little quirks and points. I know all of those characters. Don't get don't take a character who the world actually needs right now. A character who has been a feminist icon even when she was written by old white dudes. And tell me that this is all you have for her. Julian made a point early on. He said, I don't think they have any respect for this character. And I believe mm. him to be right. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's a sitcom. It's fun. It's cute. Listen, I watch I watch enough sitcoms to know you can be all of that and more. And She-Hulk is less. And the other problem with the show is, and, and I told Ulysses this before episode seven, and it, as it turns out, I was right. I told Ulysses, there's only two places this storyline can go because they've built a storyline where Jennifer Walters is not good enough to the world. The world is telling her, you're not good enough. We want the She-Hulk. You're, you're not sexy enough. You're not smart enough. You're not big enough. You're not flashy enough. We want the She-Hulk. And she is acquiescing to that, right? So, and so, which is wrong-minded to begin with. But that means there's only two places this show can go if they live up to the bare minimum basic storyline that they created. Either she has to acquiesce to the world and become She-Hulk while she doesn't want to be, or they have to treat She-Hulk like a problem to be solved and she has to realize that being Jennifer Walters is better. What did they do in episode seven? Really? Yeah. So she, they made her into the Bruce, the old Bruce characterization. They put her into mm. a self-help group. What? Yeah. You can, what? Oh, you haven't seen it. Haven't when seen I it? tell you, he, I he forgot you the show existed. Oh, you were. Joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> yes. he wasn't, no, it wasn't a joke. He has not seen it since. I forgot the it was. Episode. So you saw like the first four episodes when they gave something. it to us early. I've yeah. never watched this on the. Like I literally forgot this show existed. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. 
yo, She-Hulk ain't even She-Hulking. Like, to be quite honest, I watched the preview when she got to live out her dream of twerking with Megan Thee Stallion, which is like oh, yeah. peak current white woman dream to do. <laughs> How about that? To like, oh, I get to be black for five minutes, and she actually gets to turn into a superhero version of a black woman by being bigger, curvier, and a person of color, and she gets mm-hmm. to bust it down low real fast. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I see everything what y'all fitting to do with this character. I ain't getting no Fantastic Four She-Hulk. I ain't even getting the She-Hulk I got in the 96 Incredible Hulk TV show when she was the second main character in the the second season. I ain't even getting... We're getting A-Force. We're not getting flat. We're not getting soul. We're not getting stern. We're I not don't getting have to say third. anything. They're like, Damn. yo, are you? <laughs> she went to a self-help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. I'm tight. Yeah. You're getting. But what really bothers me, y'all, is that this character is the is atypical. She loves who she is. Most of the heroes that we see portrayed on whichever size screen we have are characters who have a problem with their alter ego. She-Hulk is one of the few people who doesn't. Yeah. And rather than leaning into that and loving on it, they put her in a group that reminds me of a conversion camp. Well, you Shireen... don't have to be She-Hulk. Jen is enough. That's fine. <laughs> except that that's not who this is. And you miss out on a wonderful opportunity to express people finding themselves, finding the body, finding the identity that is truly their own and living in it. And to erase that, but also to erase this feminine icon who should be effing fighting the Supreme Court right now in this show. And it can still be funny. Hmm. She should be going up against forced birth or the opposite of forced birth, birth, supervillains who are not allowed to have children because they're supervillains. And it could still be funny. And what I find so egregious is the show seems to hate its main character who is hapless and is walking around with a dirt face most of the time is an incredibly bad attorney, right? But you also have a show that seems to think that people of color are the bad guys and are to be mocked. When I tell y'all this show is a subtweet written like a TikTok, hear me. Mm. Wow. The writers of this show seem to be making fun of people they don't like, and that seems to be their only aspiration with this show. And the only thing that saves it is some modicum of an association to She-Hulk, right? Like my neighbor six doors down who I've never met. That's about how associated it is, right? Mm. But but to portray people of color and women, what bothers me, well, there's so many things that bother me, but another level that bothers <laughs> me is this show seems to be telling us the only thing worse than men is women. And I, it is appalling. You get your first Asian character, man, and he's a villain. You get Jamila Jamil, she's t- t- like everybody is wrong, especially the people of color. And they're all just piling in on poor little Jennifer Walters. Who is this? Hmm. What is this and why is this? And if people like it, cheers. Take it, run with it. You can have my portion. <laughs> if you like it, it's all yours. But I cannot deal with this, especially with the way that Marvel portrays grown women. Burn. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to have to come back to that in the second half of the show because. What else you know, is there I, to say, Ulysses? 
That's the ether beat right there. It's a fantastic show. Trust me. Andor is a fantastic show. I really been dying to talk about it. Yeah, we should talk about it. We don't have anything unless y'all have something. No, God, you nailed it. You're fine. Maybe maybe we beat this dead horse enough. But look. That musical cue means <laughs> that <laughs> it's time for us to take a short break because Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station, and among other things, that means that we are non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, listeners for the totality of the operation of the station. Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at arlingtonmedia.org to find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift today. Did I mention it's tax-deductible? So look, we've got a lot more to talk about. Uh, Probably done beating that uh, She-Hulk thing, but Andor dropped, uh, and we're going to talk about that coming up in the second half of the show. We are, and clearly we're an opinionated bunch, so stick around, more to come. And welcome back to Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I am Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle, Roberto Ortiz, and Shireen Nicole. And when we took the break, we had been talking about... Uh, the departure of Bassam Tariq as the director of Blade, and we kind of slid that conversation into She-Hulk. And I do, I, I, I wanna, I wanna move on to Andor, but, um, well, okay, maybe it's I'll a just. Lot of meat of a topic, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I will just go ahead and move on to Andor. It, it, it's just that. Um. I, 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 well, one one last question. I just got to ask Shereen. <laughs> it's, it's just uh, because I'm uh, not only is the show receiving a lot of critical acclaim, you've actually got people talking about what a wonderful representation this character is for women. And you know, I'm like, I, I, I just, I, Shereen, I, I, uh, what? How? What? How, why are they saying this? What is it that's got people fooled about this show? Or is it just simply that um, they don't know the character? What is it? Well, I answered that question already when I say that it is hot, pink, cold, cold glitter feminism. That's enough for a lot of people. Yeah. Just the basics, the fact that it is a woman, the fact that she says things that sound like things women would say, the fact that she faces the most basic day-to-day trials of women, that's enough for some people. And if so, enjoy yourself. Hmm. Okay. But I think when I, what I point out, and I will wrap this up so we can get to Andor, is that when I came out of the Wonder Woman movie and everybody loved it, and I stood there and I said, nah, something's wrong here. This doesn't work. There's 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 a lot of racism in this movie. There's a lot of 
twisted, you know, um, characterizations. And I'm not sure that I like what Patty Jenkins is trying to say to us. People treated me like I was carrying a brown cardboard sign on the corner when I said it. Then we got Wonder Woman 82 or 84, sorry, Wonder Woman 84. And everything I said about how Wonder Woman was progressing in one came to full fruition in two. Yeah. I'm telling y'all that when I watch She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, I have the same feeling that I had with those Wonder Woman movies. Now let's move on to a galaxy long, long ago, far, far away. <laughs> it's a really good show. You haven't seen it, haven't you, Yuli? I've watched the first two episodes. Oh my God, no wonder. Mm-hmm. You, have you, to finish see, the third, you have to finish the third. Yeah. Yeah, oh, wait, wait, wait. You, you basically just got the, sto- the well, beginning well, of a well, story. I, I haven't even said anything about it. No, because I, look, I can tell why you're not impressed. But who said I wasn't impressed? No, it's you just... words in my mouth. It's not that you're not depressed. You have to see the first three episodes as a unit. To get it. It's, it's, like, it's like watching um, F- uh, Farpoint on Next Generation premiere. Yeah. Mm. Or the first two episodes of DS9. Yeah. Mm. Or the first two episodes of... Like... It only works all together. Yes. Okay. So there's there's a reason. See, I, it's I, literally I, like old television shows. Like the first three episodes are like the two hour premiere. Mm-hmm. And the thing yeah. is, you have to understand it's a three act story. Yes, and it, 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 everything that they show you in the first two parts that people say it's boring and things like that. At the third, I haven't said no, any but of that. but seriously, it's <laughs> like, I didn't find it boring. No, I've but, been extremely entertained. Well, by the no, first no, two no, episodes. But, but seriously, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is basically <laughs> even conversations that seem extraneous like remember when Ander was in the bar and the girl said to him oh there may be spoilers if no. you haven't seen it just be Is mindful he of the that. movie or, or are you Aye, talking about the, the episode the episode but it's oh, the first watch one. yourself watch yourself. Aye, but it's when she told him you pay at the end and it, it's basically they're telling you right now that the character is going to die or when they, 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 there's a character that shows up that he's on a show I want to say who he is and he's just flying in circles and he's talking to an older man in the show. And it seems that the conversation they're having is completely stupid. But at the end of the day, he realized that he's talking about himself, that he's constantly in a state of waiting. And the cool thing is that it's like a John Le Carré uh, book that you're seeing in Star Wars. It's an examination of fascism. Seriously, see the third episode. You are so excited no, about this show. No, it's just that when I saw the I mean, third episode. No, it's cool. But, Jen, Jen. but the thing is, Ulysses, he's absolutely correct. The reason that we jumped in like that is not because we thought you didn't like it or we thought it was boring. What we're saying is that if you needed to stop somewhere, yeah, that was not the that was not three because it basically it's like you've watched. Let's let's say that it was an hour long episode. You have watched forty five minutes yes of that hour long episode. And it's the last 15 minutes of that episode where everything comes together. Yes, and you're like, oh my God, they're telling the story of Northern freaking Ireland. I was like, it's not just Ireland. Yes, it's, it's imperialism in general. Because yeah, it's, it's colonialism, it's, it's policing, it's. Wow. See, that's why I'm going to hit you with the joint. It's like when you get to the point of Fairpoint and they figure out the big jellyfish or whatever, and then he has a little joint with Q at the end of the episode. It's like you cut off at the, that, that commercial break. You was like, oh, I got the tape. I'll catch this joint later. It's like, mm, was that the really puzzle? You wouldn't need to go to the store real fast. Like you could have, you could have, you could have failed. You no. could have finished that. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if they take so much from British history, it's not even funny. For example, no spoiler. 
Uh, there's a scene <laughs> where uh, some authority figure shows up in a town and people start banging their pots. That's straight yeah. from the history of Northern Ireland. The, f the fact that people are constantly complaining that their houses are cold. That's straight from specifically from the history of England, specifically because the houses over there are very old. Here's a, here, I don't want to yeah, continually. I know it no, might but, be, but it's also like, yo, the beast coming down the block, bro. Yes. Like, you don't well, even, well, they, they the police, too. bro. Yes. <laughs> but, but it is, you can tell, and, and I said yeah. this to you when we spoke about it, that this show is very invested in showing imperialism yes. through the lens of the British. It's British and History it's 101. a lot of that lens. We know that they're going to get into the other form of fascism. But in these first three episodes, they're hyper-focused on yeah. the British style of it. And it's even the way that they portray one of the characters. First of all, let's talk about writing. Oh the my show that God. we previously talked about is so poorly written, it's horrifying. But when you talk about this show, oh my God. there's little things like characterizations. When you meet a specific character, his superior officer says, you made some changes to the uniform. He says, oh yeah, I did some, uh, some piping and uh, some uh, tailoring. And you realize, He's a, you start to yeah. see this fastidious, you know, pretentious dude. Not because he likes fashion, but because of the way he's speaking to you, it tells you who he is. And that pays off in everything that character does from that moment. And the thing is that you're seeing multiple character acts, specifically that you see the radicalization of different characters specifically because the thing they never done in star wars is that they keep telling us the empire is bad blah 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 but they never have done an actual examination of what would be the day-to-day -day life of somebody under the empire and they basically said okay let's use 20th century history every single example we can find specifically on how we felt living under fascism specifically go nah now i got a question for ulysses <laughs> After the weed went ham in the wrong way, what are your thoughts on the first two episodes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, look, I'm I'm digging it so far. I mean, my only issue is they dropped three episodes at once, and I and my There's I, I came to <laughs> I came to understand that there was a reason for it, but. In in an extremely pedestrian way, what you need to understand about me is the way that I consume these streaming products. Uh, I mean, because I'm still I, okay. They dropped like two episodes of the Lord of the Rings thing. I only watched one. I mean, I'm not going to watch everything there is you because be better than I, me, Ulysses. I right want now. I want to have something there I that I can you. tune into. I don't want to have to be sitting there you know, waiting for like. Friday or Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. I won't watch this thing I when I won't you. watch I it. Understand. You know? Which I understand. means, yeah, so I was reserving but these I things. I say this because I made the same yes. mistake you did. Ah, uh, mm hmm When I watched, we got the preview screeners. The first episode was all right. It's kind of slow. Yeah. Second episode, it's, it's chugging along. I had things to do. I put that journal pause. Went to go live life. Went to sleep. Came back, watched at the end of that one, and the third, I was like, okay, I made a mistake. <laughs> then that's why I use the old TV logic. It's like, you know, the action pack come on. Hercules Legendary Journey's got a two hour little joint to start it out. Vanish the Sun got a whole two hour movie to start it out. That's, I just want to hear what, what, what you felt, but I understand. It's like 44 mm -hmm. minutes an episode, too, so you sitting there like, yo, three episodes, that's like. 
Yo, oh. that's a, that's almost three hours of my time. Like, I, but, I get it. But, but Yuli, the cool thing about the show is basically is that the people who are grinding it have a, such a clear understanding of how politics in the in the UK work. You're seeing, for example, how MI, MI6 works, how MI5 works, how basically... Wait, wait, wait. Hold that thought. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole, Julian Lytle, and Roberto Ortiz. Roberto. I think Tony Gilroy is full of crap. I think he had a script about the troubles. And he said, I, they wanted to ask him to write Star Wars, and he said, can I use this as a template? Because it fits perfectly. It's basically this, if I am Margaret Thatcher, England in the 80s, in terms, because most people here in the US don't get it, how close, how oppressive the government of Margaret Thatcher in the 80s was. They don't have to get it because we had Ronald Reagan. Yes, they were best buds. And but I'm just it, saying, like I get, and I'm sorry, but it's like, what I, makes this show work is that so many things have been messed up. Yeah, is that so many different influences and things that you might know can work in this show through the yes. exploration of the empire and why people will rebel. Well, you know what I I especially appreciated was the difference in the look and the feel of it. Like for me, when I was watching the first maybe 20 minutes of episode one. I just appreciated how pretty it was. For me, it was like industrial sci-fi. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a different take yeah. for this universe. And that was enthralling to me as well. And so it was that kind of melange, that kind of mix of things, um, as Julian is um, speaking about, that really made me pull into the show. And as I was watching it, I began to think a lot about Rogue One. Yeah. And that this these first three episodes are structured in parallel yes. to the way that Rogue One was structured. So that it is really like if you just watch the first two episodes of what they released, it's like you walked out of Rogue One before Act yeah. Three started. And it's just not as fulfilling, you know. And so that's not a that's not a diss. That is an encouragement to everybody to just watch all three like it's a film. And it and because when you hit episode four it goes off on a new journey and it kind of flips its style of storytelling and you get some favorites and things like that. Hmm. I agree. But I mean, what I really love about this is getting just really rich storytelling. Yes. I know I said this already, but it, it, it set the stage with all the players. And you're looking at these things, you're looking at this backstory, you're really seeing, um, you know, you're, you're really seeing Cassian as a full body character yes and all of the things that led him to where we originally met him and i just gotta say bravo to that because i haven't felt this way about any other show in this universe um as far as the disney plus shows other than the mandalorian and, and another thing to add is basically is that each and every one of the characters has an internal life you buy the internal lives of the characters yes you know who they are yes you can see a character two scenes for a, a minute total, and you know who they are better than you know who Jin Hulk is. Yes, and, and yeah, the, and, yeah. And, and they're, the they're very carefully written. In fact, a couple of very, and again, <laughs> if you haven't seen uh, Andor, uh, be careful because there will be spoilers. So, this character, Bix, 
okay? Yeah. You know, her boyfriend. Yes. I mean, okay, the uh, the guy uh, who, um, you know, the, the, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but the guy who uh, Shireen was talking about, the little imperial yeah. suck-up oh, guy, yes, yes. he really is getting on my nerves. Wait, the imperial suck-up, oh, you mean the cop? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just we let's keep it a buck. Police. Yeah, the police. Yes. Well, well, wait a minute though, because um, his his supervisor before the dude went to the, the big captain. meeting. Yeah. Yes, he's like, leave this alone. Leave it alone. But dude can't leave it alone. I'm yeah, like, right. oh, damn. But, but and he's, and he's got the rest of them hyped. And, and that one sergeant who's leading the strike force or whatever, he's like, yeah, well, you know, I agree. We can't let let this stuff go. These guys got killed, and we need to we need to do something. You listen, you know and, what that sounds like? What does that sound like? That's a, that sounds like when you watching The Wire. And they go, they go to West Baltimore, and then you see them. They you Carver and Herc be out there smashing heads because it's the freaking police. Yeah, but, yeah. Like I understand all this no, other no, stuff, no, no, but no, I don't need to go to Ireland. I don't need to go nowhere. But they throw we go me. down the street, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, because the other thing I was gonna throw in was Bix's boyfriend. Because I mean, that, look. Their relationship is fine. Bix digs it. But dude is jealous. And he saw you know her he with did? Andor. And he, broke he dropped the street dive code. on him. He broke street Exactly. Code. I'm like, Wait, and, mm, and I don't even mm, like the word snitch. Mm. But oh, dude, you snitched. I, you Shireen, snitched. And the only thing I love about this show. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, 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 Shireen, please. Yes. Yeah. How this series, in three to four episodes, depending on how many you've seen, it tells you that your nature will lead to your end. Yeah. The, ver the, the very way that you live your life, the, the very nature, not the way you live your life, but the very nature of who you are is the very way that you will meet your end in this show, as with Bix's boyfriend. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and another, another thing I like specifically is that She's they, they explore the idea of the identity of Andor, the fact that he is from a native tribe and I love the fact that they don't give you explanations of what happened to those people. But they, they is in there screaming, colonizers! Exactly. <laughs> but the cool thing about it is that basically, from the point of view of a Latino, it's like kind of cool to present the concept of this character who's a lead who doesn't quite fit in because he doesn't quite fit in and why he would make and a perfect... And then assimilates, Roberto. Yes! Assimilates. And the cool thing about this is how he makes... That's why the spy mask... Sorry, spoiler. The spy master sees potential in him because, damn, how can this man be able to keep this double life for so long? It's impressive. And I like the fact that, again, it's uh, it has so much meat on it. It's, it's a love letter to spies, by the way, in a big way. Uh, wait until you see to, to meet Mon Motma. The, char the character is... Uh, At least she's in the commercials, so that's not completely a spoiler. Yes. If you know mm. the actress from previous prequel series and later ones, they, oh my she's not... God. It, this is not a spoiler. I, we haven't even <laughs> told you the you best know. part of this the the, the seventh class character, character. He's on the, in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything. His character is so awesome. He, oh, Richard well, no, I was going to ask Julian because he had some really good observations that we haven't gotten into yet. What? What are you, what are you asking? About all of this. Yeah, I got like, my little points. About the know? David Simon wire nature. Well, of yeah, the I just broke it out. Once you start getting into bureaucracy and the way things work, because the interesting thing is that, like, Ulysses, well, Ulysses is that I'm not, I don't want to go past episode two, where it starts showing you the the natures of like 
the independent police force that they got yeah. that they essentially paid for to police this mm-hmm. this this uh, outer world planet of the empire you know and and then you know they they're going to get in how things connect back i.e like yo the captain told my guys like this is what happened like we don't know yeah. what happened, but here, here's this what, is happened. what happened. He yeah, defended I know himself. These characters, this, 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 this. And they he came even, into this yeah. spot. And he's like, they that cop ain't even that good. They be yeah. running out. He's like, we can let, we can watch this over. It's over. We ain't got no problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go to this little meeting, and you just <laughs> don't pay no mind. And it, but what does he come back to? It's like some season hey, two I- stuff. My man who just wanted, who, who hated on Sabaka because he had the. Uh, he had the little stained glass window. He come back in some oh, mess. Oh yeah, because <laughs> what? Oh, because Presbo shot some by, shot with uh, his own people. Yeah, you like I get hey, it. Listen. I get all this history hey, stuff. Check this. Check this. Look at how many people to go and and, and first of all, the first two dudes we talking about bad cops. They were bad. Exactly. Cops, yeah. Right. They out here doing dirt. So to go out here and avenge these bad cops so you can flex on your little fake power because they show us how weak he is, right? Yeah. So you go out mm-hmm. here and flex and disobey. Look at how many people died. Yeah. Look at how many people he got killed. Remember, you well, don't know how many. Part no, of the reason. Part. That's part of the reason, though, that I he like that scene. Got- it's a great. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that, that you know that scene where the sergeant he is like, like Lieutenant, dude, would you like to say a few words? But, and, dude, he got nothing to say. But, <laughs> He's but, up there like, but, but, uh, rah rah, uh, <laughs> let's, let's go get him, boys. Uh, you know, and then dude is like, inspiring, sir. You know, but, but did you like, notice specifically that they when they introduce a character, the first thing they mention specifically is that he tailored his own uniform and he on purpose made it look more like an imperial uniform. Because he is, he added piping and yes. tailoring. Yeah, he really yep. wants to be so bad as he want, officer. He, he want to be, he want to be an FBI. He don't want to just be no. He oh, he want to be NYPD. He don't, he don't just want to be this little Loki rinky dink like some cop land. Sylvester <laughs> Stallone was out there. I wish I was the new NYPD detectives. I want to be out here. See, see. He was searching for power unchecked. What he really wanted was the power of an imperialist. And yeah. that's what he was reaching for. And that's what makes him so sloppy, right? And that's what I'm saying. This show is so wonderfully written, even down to, first of all, Star Wars is always great with droids, right? Yeah. But, you know, what is it? Um, I don't what know, the little red um, droid. I don't even know his know his name, but I know it had the feelings. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I feel like for him because he ain't working right. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be too stuttering. Emo. I'm like, oh. Be too emo. <laughs> he, be too it'd be emo. stuttering. I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> Such rich characterization with that droid, right? It, it's just, it's a show. I, I feel like even without our greater knowledge of Star Wars and all of the Easter Yeah would still be great like if you if we knew nothing about the greater universe we would still be in here giggling about how well done this show is everything else is just extra oh yeah you know, it sprinkles and whipped cream on top yes and things are gonna get so yeah, dark so many it's weeks not left. funny because you know basically at the end of rogue one since most of these characters no spoiler because i don't know anything but uh, this character says there's no way no, they're gonna you, make. Yeah, you know, you know how it ends. How many episodes are there in this? Oh, a lot. Two seasons, twelve episodes per season, Ooh. and when it's done, it's done. Ooh, twelve and, episodes and per every, season. And every Ooh. one, it's Tw- going to probably in the end. die because the yeah. way the story ends is that there's well, everybody's no way. not going. Everybody you see, 
in this show. Again, there's been commercials. We get Saul Guerrero right. back. Yes. We know yeah. Saul Guerrero mm-hmm. don't got nice. nowhere in this. We yes. know that. He dies in right. Rogue One. So. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but we, we know that Andor dies in Rogue One. Well, that's the thing. You know, that I mean, all but, these characters, the only explanation they can give you of why these characters you don't see in well, the future but, is that and, they but, have to die. But you could meet some characters yeah. in this show who aren't in Rogue One who survive. Some characters from Rogue exactly. One, some other nothing. characters. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even fine. how people complain, they're like, "Why should we watch this show when we know how it is?" It's like you don't know how it is. You, you don't. know how he dies. I, you know, it's like, okay, so don't watch a movie about Anne Don't watch a movie about Kennedy. Like, you know that every single life ends in death. That ain't news. But you don't know this story. You don't know Andor's past. Let's find out. Mm. Han Solo could be in this show. Who we know? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Tony, totally be in this show. Tony Gilroy said that he was not going to do any fan service. Well, he killed Who says fan service? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, Han well, Solo could just be in there. He, yeah, clearly. He, clearly. He's saying he's not doing any fan service. He is definitely doing a lot of fan appreciation. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, clearly. You know, we could go on about this, but we're out of time. I'd like to thank my panelists and you, too, for tuning in, of course. Uh, oh, we've changed our schedule. Uh, Fantastic Forum now comes on on Sunday afternoons in addition to Saturday afternoons. Tune in tomorrow at uh, 4 so yeah at 4 p.m. to check us out. Um, you can also uh, get us via the website at fantasticforum.tv and we are um, we're, we're looking forward <laughs> to coming back basically. Anyway, so look, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great to stay safe and Come back again next week in first run, Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m., same bat time, same bat station.